The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Wednesday morning. Welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM with yours truly, Neville James. It is a beautiful day in paradise and got beautiful, got more beautiful about 20 minutes ago when the boss, the boss deputy walked in. So my sibling joining me here in our number one morning. What's up? Good morning. Nobody in taxi and tell you how I mess up your hour while you've been on vacation. No. I tried. I tried. No, no, it was no. it was horrible. No. <laughs> no, you could do that. You could mess it up. What's up? What are you doing? Um, happy to be in studio when you start to speak. I was like, wow, I'm in studio on ninety three point one this morning. Cool, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> that, that is a truth. That is a truth. It is cold in here. Cold in Africa. So we're talking agriculture in Awanawa. We are talking agriculture in Awanawa. Really excited to be here. Tomorrow night there is an event mm-hmm. at the RT Park location. Um, and it's an agriculture resource fair being put on by the U.S. Economic Development Authority in partnership with our local VIEDA our Department of Agriculture, um, Virgin Islands, Good Food, FEMA. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an educational event to help farmers understand what's out there. And, um, you know, we're rolling around 2023 um, and agriculture got to keep pushing. So whose idea was this? How did this whole thing come together? Um, I think this whole thing came together because, so since the hurricanes, um, you know, US EDA, they usually have a consultant or a representative work within the division of the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And one of the representatives, um, they work closely with the health group and with agriculture and was trying to figure out what could we do based on all the information they were hearing um, with the needs to grow agriculture in the Virgin Islands. And um, the the resource fair was really a small way to to remind because it's not introduced. I think I think our agencies have done a good job of telling people what's out there, but to remind them of the resource opportunities that are out there for farmers to take advantage of. Because unfortunately, for some reason or with whatever the barriers are, we are not, um, as a local agricultural community, really capitalizing on the existing programs like through rural development, through NRCS, through Farm Service Agency. There are federal dollars out there, um, grants, loan programs, guaranteed loans that we would love for farmers to participate. So they're, you know, 10-minute slots of all these agencies kind of just giving an overview and presentation of the services they provide. And then their resource tables for technical assistance for farmers who are actually interested or persons who are actually interested in learning more information and signing up for help. I mean, via Idega Farmers and Fishermen Loan Program, how many farmers and fishermen know of that and are taking, and are taking advantage of it? So we don't have all the resources, but there are some out there and they're underutilized. Let, let me ask this question. Are are we over analytical where agriculture is concerned? 
Monday night I can buy one of my local joints and and I can't get um my chicken Caesars because they ain't got no lettuce. I mean, you know what I mean? That's but so I can understand why a person or a business wouldn't have lettuce when Tropics Hydroponics Farm exists behind Mumbiju and they sell lettuce two dollars to three dollars a head, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're going to the grocery store as the only option for lettuce. But I have like when I tell you rose, if I show you the picture, hundreds of heads of lettuce are literally available every day, and so maybe it's also doing a better job of connecting these restaurant and business owners. Yeah, man. To man, man, tell me the trailer, the trailer uh, supposed to come that night, which was Monday night. I was like, yo, what's going on? You know what I mean? And but I just read on Facebook that the trailer didn't come, and I think this is the supply chain reality, which makes this agricultural resource fair so important. Yeah, man. We are. It is. That was depressing, man. Every vulnerability is an opportunity, and so please f- let me give you the number to Tropics Hydroponic Farm. So when you go back to your to your restaurant, you could say, "Hey, mm-hmm. next time you have a lettuce shortage." you could dial this number and see if they have lettuce and furthermore you know I want to encourage businesses to figure out how much of your local how much of your produce or meat you could switch to local people think supporting local mean you don't buy from the grocery store and that's not true you could say I'm going to buy 10% of the lettuce that I use from a local farmer and I'm going to keep my 90% that I get through you know larger chains small I I just still you know you still baffled that you didn't have lettuce. Yeah, son. man. Yeah, man. I want in. You know, I want in. Sit well with me, car. You know, we got a for Thailand, and you know, I know lettuce the grow, yeah. Check what I'm saying. So what going on? So there's a. I mean, outside of this agricultural fair, which I'm actually here to talk about, it's at RT Park. It's it's tomorrow night. It is from five to eight. Right? Please come out. And these to the reasons why we should come out, even if you're not a farmer, right? We need to start taking interest in what is going to happen with our food. I think people, people, America or media has done a good job of making the process of getting food to the plate invisible. And so we walk into a grocery store, we walk into a restaurant, and there's an expectation that it's there. But there is a whole global, not local, global supply chain that we are part of right that production is the first driver but then you see how you said the boat income you gotta get you gotta get in the ground grown from the ground to the post harvesting center wash clean mm-hmm. package in the truck to go to whatever the store is you have to get it marketed um in some cases you may have to get it processed or value add to take like a tomato to make tomato sauce and then it goes to the grocery store. And then from the grocery store onto our shelves. It is not a simple process, right? But we, we it's, it's so convenient. It's like magic. And it is actually, I really sad that a local business don't know where to go to get local lettuce. Well, you know, some people get stuck in a routine. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not an excuse, but that's just how they function. And some people don't really know how to put a contingency plan in place in the event the worst case scenario is realized. So, so you, you know. just you use you to, is the word of the week. You know, before it was nuance, uh, but it sounds like it's contingency today. <laughs> Let's pick up on the word contingency because no, never on a on a very basic level, a contingency plan, not just for 
your personal food security, but for our territorial food security is necessary. And if there is not a group of people, that includes some farmers and policymakers and business owners, you know, sitting down and shippers sitting down and asking, what is our contingency plan? Mm -hmm. In an age where there's an active war in Ukraine and Ukraine provides more food than people realized, right? To the world? Uh, to the world wow. because they're part of the global food system and we're talking about wheat product and grain product um and and some greens that are processed that we take that we don't we don't even realize was coming from ukraine um and then when you add on drought and climate change but you see how the cost of meat rising our meat prices is now stateside meat prices because without water, you can't take care of cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the price, the inputs to take care of meat product has gone up. So I mean, the meat is going to go up. But eventually there could be a shortage of how much meat and what kinds of meat we get in the Virgin Islands. We have farmers here that we need to invest in, not because it, it is a matter of territorial food security we need a contingency plan what of the day contingency <laughs> ah the nuances of the english language you know what i'm saying uh no but seriously though you know we we we, we it's it's frustrating having been in the arena that um you know election in election out we identify the priority that agriculture is. And for some reason, you know, we're not making that leap. It don't have to be quantum, but we need a leap. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, to really max out, or at least be in a direction to max out, you know, our potential. Uh, you know, this this bread basket of the Caribbean label that we once had that was, you know, in vogue and it, and people use it, uh, you know, from, for political purposes. But at the same time, we're still not leaping at the level that we should. And that's unfortunate. So I, it is unfortunate, but it also lends to be true right when i say lends itself to be true when your girls courtney and kaylee were here shout out courtney long Haley hohenshell mm-hmm. um from iowa state we did a resilient study right and one that one of the data points that we collected is we found that there was um we're gonna, we gonna go there cognitive dissonance um between the values that virgin islanders espound and um the behaviors that we have so for instance we would say that we value education, but we point money in food, right? We value our culture, but we don't want to attend cultural events. We would tell people we value the environment, but we don't litter. And in many cases, we say we care about agriculture, but who is buying local food or investing in infrastructure for agriculture? So those priority points that you're talking about that we don't set every election year cycle um, or we calling in the radio about, those same people don't go to the farmer's market because overall, I don't know why, but we actually don't act 
and our values. And I don't know when that happened. I don't know why that happened. I am not a rural sociologist. That's just the information that we got from Virgin Islanders. The Virgin Islanders is who tell us this. They asked questions, and this is the answers we got. So, um, but we still, you know, the thing is, is when we talk about values and we say we care about something, then we need to evaluate what it is that actually means in terms of what we are willing to act on. And, you know, sadly, or, or the opportunity of this resource fair is rural development. They got, they have tons and tons and tons and tons of grants. Is it going to take work to apply for them? Yes, but there are not just grants for, there are grants for community spaces, there are grants for broadband expansion, there are grants for telecommunications expansion in rural development. So they're looking at like infrastructure on the gamut. There's grants for co-op education and training under your rural development. When you look at um, NRCS, there's conservation support. And granted, it's not a million dollars, it's a reimbursement grant, but we're not tapping in. FSA? You could help purchase land through FSA. You know that in the data, I'm writing a grant with Rural Advancement Foundation International, um, a land access grant. When we pull the data from 2019, 2020, and 2021, and this got to be an era, Neville, guess how much Virgin Islanders, um, Virgin Islands farmers, applied through that program for farmland? Take a guess. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Tell me. Zero. Hmm. I ain't surprised. Zero, right? But, um, and it is a process. But I think one of the things that, that that says is when we are here saying, hey, we need all these resources and agriculture need all this help, right? But then we have a delegate looking at money that has been untapped in the territory, how is she supposed to advocate for increase of funding in the farm bill for the Virgin Islands or any special concerns for the Virgin Islands if the funding that is there to assist us we're not taken advantage of? You mentioned uh, NRCS, um, Natural Resources Conso Conservation Service. How many farmers know about this? Um... A lot, Rudy O'Reilly, I, I mean, I feel like a lot, Rudy O'Reilly and Ms. Turlan and, um, you know, the people in the office, they've been there for a while. Um, and there'll be a, so if we got 565 farmers, let's say 30% of them know about these, know about these people and individuals and have interacted with them. Not enough. Yeah, but it's not enough. And the reality is, is they're also, you know, they're also short staffed because they're, you know, because of our numbers, we only have one or two people, three people, I think, who work in NRCS, right, um, as field workers for sure, um, who are actually doing those conservation outreach activities. One person working in FSA. The office is in Gainesville. So we have some barriers and challenges. But the point is, if you're not taking advantage of the programs and reporting the barriers and challenges, it's not going to change. And I, I could probably hear a farmer or a person out there saying that that's too much to do. I could agree, but it's the system that we're working with and we're making no advancements. If, 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 if COVID-19 and the supply chain issues that we're dealing with that was compounding, no, no, 
that compounded the hardships we were dealing with because of COVID nineteen with the with the um Ukrainian invasion. If that isn't a true legitimate warning sign to us in terms of how dependent we are from an importation standpoint where food security which is what you're about is concerned that we're never going to get we're never going to get it seriously if it did this has to be it right October no let me say it was March March of 2020. So September, like two and a half years when when COVID fully arrived here in the territory. And and you know, brought us to our knees. Right? And we, we adjusted, you know, we, we weren't crushed like others other jurisdictions may have been crushed. But since then we've been struggling, you know, in terms of getting what we normally get, uh, to consume and all that stuff. Now the Ukrainian invasion you know, exacerbated that. And here we are now. You know, we're still struggling. We So here is... Here I know is, the supply chain issue is a global thing. I'm not saying that we're isolated. But this has to serve as, you know, the, 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 the warning that, yo, so y'all don't, know, y'all don't know how badly off you could really be. So, but never, we're not isolated, right? But we are doubly vulnerable because we were importing 98% of our food before the supply chain issue. Yeah. So now that there is a supply chain issue that says that 98% import is at risk, then we have a problem. And it's not just us. You only got 2% to work with. We only, have, <laughs> we only have 2% to work with. Wow. And we need to understand it's not just us. Yeah. This whole chain, this region, the Caribbean region, um, with the exception of a few islands, they're all in 80% um, 80% importation, t- importation rate. P- mm-hmm. I think Puerto Rico was 80% pre um, Irma and Maria, mm-hmm. and now they're not anymore. No. We'll take a break, continue the discussion when we come back right after this. Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now, will bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! 
or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langford is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... Join on the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here to analyze this, and we're talking agriculture. Um, there's a information fair. That's what this is. It's a agriculture resource fair. Yeah, resource resource fair tomorrow night. Um, that's Thursday the seventeenth. Thursday the seventeenth. Thursday the seventeenth um, at the uh, RT Park. Um, sixty-four West. Sixty-four West. Don't know. Because we got two RT that's Park locations. Now people might know about AVIC since they open officially. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, the, the, down in the Golden Grove area, UVI uh, campus there, uh, to the northwestern part of the campus here on St. Croix. So listeners have decided to join the chat. So let me, let me break down the, the text messages. Good morning, Neville. We can produce more in our territory by changing the dynamics of our thinking outlook and the way we speak about our home. Mm. Let's begin to portray our home positively and optimistically, and we will begin to experience greater results. Ashe, I second that. I second that. Um, it's a factual statement, but um, for those of us like myself, when I reference being in the arena, it's frustrating. You know, I, I'm I'm gonna try to be real. You know, of course, I would I think positivity is is how it should be, but there's a there's a redundancy dynamic that continues to just went out where you know we had the candidate speak and agriculture was asked of every. Every single one of them, you know, what's their take for obvious reasons, even more prevalent now than ever before in any election cycle, given the supply chain issues that we're dealing with. And the term that you use, doubly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the election's over now. So, so I could speak <laughs> because I, I, I want to say that 
when it came to agriculture, the question specific, the question specifically about agriculture and environment, because we haven't debriefed on the era about the candidate speaks. So this is about an agricultural reef of source fair, yes, but I just don't think that any of the answers reflected um, any real thoughtfulness or understanding of the industry. You know, like most people, most people said the same things. Agriculture is important. We need to grow more of our food. We need to invest in it. But nobody, nobody seemed to have a command of what that would look like in policy. Well, I don't know if if we 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 have Summer Sibley and and a couple of others, and in theory, that's supposed to be enough. I think our issue is commitment. You know, I, you know, I, I, everybody can be knowledgeable at the same levels. You I know agree. what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. So I, 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 I think it really is about commitment. And I don't think the commitment is there. I, I honestly don't believe it, you know. And, and we know for a fact that it's not there because if our number one economic event engine is the state fair. This is what Governor Turnbull told us back in 2005, 2006. Right? They say, it ain't carnival. It used to be carnival. But the state fair had, because the state fair had just created so much activity over a three-day period. Maybe they were just, from a, they were looking at it prorated. Right? If that's the case, then we're supposed to be dominant in the interim so that the three-day window in February is a culmination of this commitment. And it ain't happening, man. So I think, so let me tell you some things. I mean, I'm going to just say them on the air because I talk to farmers all the time. So let me tell you some things about the Ag Fair. Right, the Ag Fair is a beautiful event that started about agriculture, and farmers feel like it is no longer about agriculture, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have relegated it's, the it's, farmers the, the, to the back of the fair. The commercialization of the fair. Nobody. You know? So, so vendors and and people who sell food actually probably do better than farmers during the fair. There is no prerequisite for farmers or vendors to purchase anything local in their boots of the food. So you are receiving cultural food. You're not receiving local food. And there's a difference between what is culturally relevant and what is locally grown. So seasoned rice is something culturally relevant. Potato stuffing is something culturally relevant, right? That's food that we grew up eating and we're giving awards based on what that looks and tastes like. But those things don't come from farmers locally we don't grow white potato because that's what they put in the stuffing we don't make rice here we don't have wheat we don't grow wheat we don't make canned meal so when we begin to think about what the economic driver is for the territory and what that economic what that economics is actually driving for a farmer that's different also all these years we have an affair you know nobody never sit with a farmer and do a post survey to see how much money a farmer is taking away well, from well, the but, fair yeah, but I, you know something I, I glad you went I glad you went there because um, I think the farmers got that one wrong right the fear is about showing off for the farmers so check we need them to be good for 362 days so that they could 
so that come those three days, they could show off. They sitting in a lawn chair with a leg them cross. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? So I can I, see so, that the fear should be about them yeah, being able to show up. Yeah, just showing off. You know what I mean? We, we I don't working hard already for, for the rest of the for the rest of the time for these three days. You know, yes, yeah, so, you know. It's, so I so I so I I think that maybe what's necessary now is a conversation, right? About what is the fear supposed to reflect, right? Farmers can't hold it against business people for wanting to to take advantage of the fact that the ag fear is that economic engine. I mean, I'm glad it does something for the territory. My my That's concern it. gonna always be farmers. You know how much a farmer that invests to set up um one of them boot in the back there. Listen, that'll be real, real money and real time. So they, they're, they're interested in recouping. Um, well, that, that, should, that, to be honest with you, that should be subsidized, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I tell you, it's about showing off. It's, that's that's what it, the, the three I, days. The three days shouldn't be an economic cost to the farmers. Hmm. The farmers already been putting out for the other three hundred and sixty-two. But if we structured our system where in that three sixty-two, the farmers were receiving the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Where they had infrastructure and they had support, and they knew which is farmers why you should come to the resource fair, where they could get resources and they had support and getting those resources flowing. Then I think you're right. The farm, the, the ag fair would be their show off day, and it wouldn't, you know, th- that would Twelve be weekend. their show off weekend. That weekend yeah. would yeah. be their show off. Weekend. Yes, That's what it is. But we don't have the infrastructure supporting them on the 362. So on them three days... So, them, so we've identified the problem then. Yeah. We, a, a problem. A problem. Right. So them three days is them hard at work still trying to use the fair to diversify their economy, their, their business the, economics the, the, to the, keep the, them going. At this point, right, the fair has already sold its value. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the public, the, the business people know of the value of the fair, right? That's established. So at this particular point, right, the fear is about showing off and showing out. That's the term we to use, right? The, the, the agriculture industry. That's why we have that opening ceremony that lasts like two and a half hours, three hours from 10 to 12, 30, 10 to one o'clock, where we honor a farm of the year, a crop, Farm of the year, all that stuff, right? Livestock farm of the year, and 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 recognizing those who have put in the time over the years, right? That's what the fear is about, right? So, you know, the farmer shouldn't have to spend a dime them three days, but they do. Then, so we're structurally off, you know, deficient, lacking, you know, because. If they still got to spend money at our state fair, then something is fundamentally wrong. You know, um, I wish, and there is a world in which I wish we could reverse that. And I think it's possible, right? We just had new people elected. There is, um, we, we, we could put resources where we see fit. And if... The same, the same candidates speak, right? The same candidates speak, aspirants. And there, there's a there's a, a a percentage of them who are successful, right? Right. They need to, you know, and, and you know, kind of hypocritical on my part because I was there. You know what I'm saying, but I know that you know, I I I put in the time 
you know, and, and I got my legislation to back that up, right? Um, but because I was a member of the body, you know, like, like I'm, I'm prepared to fall on the sword because that's just how I am um, from a team player standpoint. But I, I know that, you know, when we're looking at what the fear is supposed to provide, you can't ask those who've been keeping the industry alive. The two percenters, that's what we should call them. Because everybody, you know, right. everybody right. don't, everybody doesn't think about, okay, so 98% is missing. Mm-hmm. But what are, what are the two percenters struggling with to keep 2% of the food local? What, how are we creating conditions for them to be able to expand from 2% to 3%? You see how you said we overanalyzing everything? It could be simple. Well, we need to invest in the 2% as to help them grow. But nobody's, no, it does not feel, I don't want to say and nobody because that's not true. We have an ag plan. We have people discussing agriculture more than ever now. That commitment you're talking about, part of that commitment have to be to the two percenters. It cannot be that we're just attracting outside entities and think they're going to fill the gap and ignoring those who know our system, who've been working our system, who've been holding up. Listen, it got people talking about food security and local food way before some assembly brown come around. Investing in the work. When we look at places, I mean, it got so much names. First of all, you know, Seagull. Seagull been having this conversation for years. Bread, you know. bread basket to the Caribbean, I mentioned earlier, is a Seagull Tom that, that, that I, you know, learned when, you know, he was seeking public office. and We got a Dale Browns. We, we got a Taima Edwards. We, 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 fed, we fed the Caribbean. You know we have people, we have Elridge, Thomas in St. Thomas. We have Benita, we have Royce Cricky. We have all these people, right? Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers doing this work. They're part of the 2%. How are we supporting the 2%ers to, to, to help them expand? Well, we, well yeah. we need a, we need a, we need a, <laughs> a, 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 a first farmer subsidy. Did you, we were point out a call for action, ag fest farmers subsidy. But guess what? You know who else could do that? Because let's turn and, it around. Ain't a lot of money neither. It's not a lot of money, but we have economic development. If, if it's one time we know that they shouldn't have to spend a dime, it's those three days. Yeah. That you know what I'm saying? Because they're putting out, they put in out for the rest of the year and they're the last of a dying breed. You know, you know, last we're year, labeling them as two percenters now, man. So last year, some of the two percenters, when I left, so that they didn't take a last Virgin Islands good food, had to buy excess food that was left over. And so the thing is, is when you see somebody bringing trees and plants, you could take your, you could take your, you could take your trees back home and care for them and sell them and sell them at a different phase. When you have a your eggplant. All your lettuce, all your bok choy, your pineapple, like this fresh food that have a minimum shelf life and you have it in the ag fair. When you don't sell it, that counts as a loss. So I purchased food from farmers and donated it to restaurants and other locations because we, the citizens of the community, also have to think about how we show up. And I asked myself, how many dignitaries that day, the same day that had the triawa window, to open a ceremony, I walk with fifty dollars to the fair and walk through on the opening day and bless a farmer. That commitment. Another another um text message. Businesses need consistency of product availability. 
Absolutely. It is commonplace in in St. Croix that local producers have product only for limited periods of time. That is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about when we think about supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. And we also, we, there's this misnomer that the Virgin Islands don't have seasons because we always have sunshine. Mm-hmm. But each farmer... That's not true because I, why sit in now, five, five, six months from now, why are you looking at it going to be brown? Correct. And why are you looking at it now is lush green. And so, right, and we're and, and our farmers. I mean, not are, a brown patch at all. I watching, I looking right across the street now, and that's a hundred percent green. I looking at now because so, the rainy season is in full effect. When when I talk about what what I try to do to help businesses think about how you could purchase local is speaking to your farmer and figuring out how long they would have that crop. Like I said, that don't mean that don't it don't mean giving up quality. It mean planning. So in this season, in this three months where lettuce, cucumber, bok choy is abundant, the things that I need, I'm going to purchase local, but I already have my account set up. So I, as a business person, don't miss a beat. But the more business persons who begin to use that split sourcing model, right, then you're putting resources into the farmer for them to expand their production. And then maybe even for them to work so cooperatively. Now, because it could be like, well, we know this one restaurant need lettuce all year long which Brian Hyde Tropics Hydroponics Farm could give you lettuce all year long but there are farmers who can work together to say let's move let's make sure we have this specific crop all year long because there's consistent demand so it it is not yes it is the farming community's responsibility to figure out how they supply consistently together based on our conditions. And some of it still requires the trust and investment of the business community. And we should be having a clear conversation about what could be provided when, when you look like a, when you look at a grower like Grant Lee Samuel, he is on his, he is consistent. We have consistent growers out there. Tap into them because that actually stretches the market. Man and Neville, and Lady Summer, hope I spelled Hyundai correctly. No, you didn't, but I corrected you already. <laughs> right? Number one, is this forum accessible to St. John and St. Thomas? Number two, understanding this event is for farmers, but the administration and legislative arm of government is equally responsible and important and an important part of implementation for the territory to truly benefit and this for this to be a sustainable endeavor. So, you can think about that during the break and respond to that uh, when we when we come back. Great conversation this morning here. And WAPA and Andy Smith coming on in our number two, so we're going to talk about that. And don't forget the job fair in St. Thomas today at the legislature building from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay? Department of Labor sponsoring that. We'll be back right after this. for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, 
one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Parents, have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here. Got this interesting midweek discussion. Came out of nowhere. Loving it. Uh, clearly, the audience loves it as well. So I want to thank uh, some of Sibley and Zoe for boosting the ratings. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know you don't keep good ratings, but I missed you. Let's let's just be honest. I had to find a reason. I missed you. You had um, Dr. Hunt sees that did a threat me one no by there and all that kind of thing, but it's all right. Good morning, Doc. Uh, hope everything is well. And I read about this this respiratory virus that's in the territory now, so I go get you on so we go educate the public about that. So, um, Zoom tomorrow night. You got Zoom no, access? No, no. So for um, at this time, um, we won't have. We were trying. It has not worked out that we would have um, webinar access. So to St. Thomas, St. John District, we apologize. And I think just to be honest, it's not planned yet. So it's not a promise. But the goal was in, in 2023 to repeat this resource fair mm-hmm. in the St. Thomas, St. John District. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that this one is successful. And we coming to you soon St. Thomas your own you know in person because the TA the technical assistance piece the ability to talk to sit on and talk to the agencies and share whether I have applied for your program it didn't work out for me or how do you apply for your program there's a part of the evening a lot of it is information sharing so there'll be presentations right where people have their little five to ten minutes to say this is what we're doing and then there'll be resource desk where you can actually sit and talk to somebody representing the agency and get more information or direct assistance right there. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. exciting to me. So and and to the other question about St. Thomas St. John, I want to put a call out to any of our newly elected officials who are listening and for the aspirants who ran 
y'all feel free to register and come by. It's on my Facebook page because the person's sentiment so, was so, correct. So, so how you know how you know the letters didn't come Monday night? Who me? How you know that? It was on Facebook. Okay. Now and I know that because you said that, but I'm saying you know so 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 my Facebook told me. So my um my balling wasn't limited to me. This is this is No, 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 no. Okay. And so the person's post was actually about going directly to the grocery store to pick up fresh produce Monday mm-hmm. and um that it wasn't available and the person said the trailer come in. So hopefully it might be available today. Okay. Shrug shoulders cuz nobody actually really knows. Somebody sent us a, a mass text. You got that one? Let me see. I I little popular now we're never like I don't gain the text. Some great stuff. It would be great if we could organize a schedule of farmers markets and local farm stands so people know how and when to find them. I can work with you on this. Cletus Clinton. This is one you know, this is one of my favorite people and I and I have to say when I when I shout out Cletus and I began working he's truly passionate about agriculture and he began you know we met mm-hmm. through his role at the time in a delegate's office well i just wanted to thank you for listening to the show you know but a commitment to the commitment to moving agriculture forward has been past his role in the office he was helpful as 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 a, as a staffer for the delegate or district director mm-hmm. but he as a human he committed to this so when you talk about commitment we do have people I could. I, I'm. I'm hoping that even though I know some of our producers are tired, that they don't get too weary. You know that I'm saying. You know, don't faint. We yeah. can't faint now because well, we need you, farmers well, more than you, ever. Well, if you kill out, if you kill out them, they who you know are depend are dependable, then you're setting yourself up. You know, for for a serious uh, vacuum there. Why Why doesn't the Virgin Islands Department of Agriculture another another listener? Become a middleman for the farmers. The way USDA established a green or agri agri products training center, so the farmers can just be farmers. I guess we have a trust issue among ourselves. Well, this is th- th- that, that that person is on point. But, we but, have but, a trust but, issue. That is true. That is true. There is a trust but, issue. But isn't that's what the department's supposed to be? But is it really though? I mean, so well, well, that's a that's a different discussion. We're just talking structurally, right? We put we create agencies to provide service. So there is a marketing division um, within the Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. That's, no, but, but aside from the marketing division, we're talking the agency is there as a regulatory entity, a service entity. It is someplace that people who want to grow, right? Can go and and let the agency know. I don't hear the rap. I don't hear the rap. Kim rap come out. I'm, People I'm, who want to grow can I'm, let the agency I'm, know. No, you know what right? Saying? I'm in the business. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in the business. You check out saying. So your so, mom's in my business. Yeah, <laughs> She's in my business. Case solo. You check. That's what's going on. You know so, what I mean? I think to be fair to the Virgin Islands Department of Agriculture, for a very long time, they've never been properly funded or staffed. Oh well, that's at that. And and no, so no, so when we talk about the rules, and, but and how can that be when your entity has the number one economic event? So be, because how the, the event is run through a board, right? Remember, days that includes set- the Department of Agriculture. It's a three-headed monster. It was, I think it's tourism, UVI, and agriculture department. But Ali. Uh, all the resources that are created by the agriculture 
fair go back to that board and are managed at the board, which the which the then the, then the department needs to actually at some point stand up and say, look, we're done with the superficial look at our agency. Yeah, no, they need a real budget. They need. We have never given in my lifetime. I don't think given um, a commissioner of agriculture what they really need to run the department. In it's because you said it. The department is um is is too. It's a service oriented. This is one of the places where people go to get water, land preparation, seedlings. Right? How are we funding that? Who is the the who is over that? How is that properly staffed? And then they have the policy well, well, and well, regulation, well, 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 and then they have well, the marketing. Wapa coming up in in, in um in a, in the second hour, so we gonna ask Andy Smith that question. Can you assist the Department of Agriculture? We, I would love to hear the answer to that. Well, and so, well, I gonna, I gonna ask so, you. That's if, that's if I don't forget again up there. But no, no. You don't forget things. I don't uh, listen. Uh, I don't uh, watch you pull things from the recesses me, me, of the me, memory. Me, me regular listener who's who been peppering me from from eight o'clock sharp. She 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 got a lot of good points. So I want to make sure I, okay. I, I throw them at you. I like Summer's points. Can we have ads aired on Fridays, reminding the community about the benefits of shopping at the Saturday market? Maybe it's happening already, right? And then uh, she went on to say, what is the objective of the resource fear? Who is it geared to? Think, think that she's mentioning now. So I think the objective of the resource fair is to help farmers directly understand what is available to them now. Mm-hmm. If you go to the resource fair Thursday night, Monday morning, you should be able to walk into any one of those agencies and ask them for services. But I think a secondary objective should be for local government and policymakers to come here about those large grants that are available to them in broadband infrastructure, in community in co- and nonprofits, in community um, facilities, right? Mm-hmm. Because a farmer is not going to apply for that by themselves. But we could use some of this money to answer the need. Neville, mm-hmm. right now, there is a regional food business center grant. $250 million is the ceiling. $40 million is the floor that we should. And I'm working with Hawaii, Guam, Puerto Rico, and Alaska to apply for that. Where is our government in applying for these grants? Welcome to Samoa and Sierra Mike. Um, we, <clears throat> we, couldn't, we couldn't find a partner from Samoa yet, but we're working towards the, doing that. There's I, a grant. I, I, actually, Hawaiian to do that. We don't want to leave nobody out on it. There is a, we don't know when one of them might have some political clout. And that's a supply chain grant. Then the next yeah. one is there is $8 million up to, well, there's up to $50 million out there to increase land access. Our organization. You, you hear the money talking there? Yeah, the, but the, who the, is them, them kind of money to fix problem for small jurisdictions like us real quick. So right now so I'm still, also working so with need, North Carolina, Puerto Rico, and Florida to see if we could attract some of that money. But those things can't happen without partnerships. So who the resource fair is for <clears throat> is for both farmers so they could come learn about individual help. And if you've already learned, I need to show up so people could see the numbers in the farm community. Mm-hmm. So show up for showing up, Uncle, even if you already Uncle, know. Uncle Eddie Bruce, he didn't stay to know what he said. Listening. Loud and clear. Good for Grantley Samuel. I was really worried about him. However, it seems like he gets himself. Oh. Jenny Marsh and Coral Bay. Coral Bay. Danish Ward for Coral. Where all the livestock was kept was agriculturist all her life. That's Wilma's mother, right? Mm-hmm. 
Go Strong Neville finance needs to have a role backing farmers slash agriculture. Attention, Governor. So, you know, every, you know, what we are establishing here in this discussion is that multiple agencies, we can't say all, but multiple agencies have a role or can play a part in how we take this uh, to a realistic level. And the reason why I say realistic is because, you know, what we're dealing with now with this supply chain problem. It's like the recovery. <laughs> if you don't fix now, ain't fixing. Let me let me ask one question. We have more cruise ships than ever, right? Mm-hmm. We are slated to increase our tourism product. Tourist comes off the ship, goes into a restaurant and asks Ada Caesar salad and ain't got no lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what we have to point in we have to point in the terms with people who think in business mm-hmm. understand. So if you're interested in But the we got the lettuce. We but we do have the lettuce, but if the business owners don't know, what is that tourism experience when that family mm-hmm. of four or five mm-hmm. come in, they're health fanatics, they sitting down, they want to add a salad and we telling them the Virgin Islands don't have no lettuce. How they rating our destination? Because one thing people on cruises want to do is eat and experience the place, right? So if part of the drivers, the money they're going to spend in our restaurants or our overnight tourists going to spend in our restaurant, how does, what taste does that leave in people's mouth that we actually and don't have And I see that this yesterday in the next restaurant. Hmm. I just, I, I just want people to think you can't eat a cruise ship and the people on the cruise ship want to eat the place. They want to, they want to eat what's local. What else? I mean, we need to begin to think about how food drives everything. It is a major part of a tourist destination. So if you're not investing, it wasn't at one time it was when, the division of tourism and agriculture together. When we moved in 2006, Carl Knight, the current chief of staff for the governor, was working with China Positive Nelson at the time. He and I co-sponsored the Sustainable Agriculture Industry Act of 2006. Act 6836. That's right. Along with Ronnie Russell. And um, positive. I'm going to call him positive. Commissioner Nelson. Used the term with respect to food. He said food is an inflexible commodity. He's absolutely right. He still says it. Right. I've heard him. Yeah. And that stuck with me. Because, you know, in lay people language, um, Ain't got, no, ain't got no sophistication with food. That's what he's saying, right? Ain't, ain't nothing to negotiate. That's what, because, you know, flex, inflexible, that, you know, that's, you know what I mean? Uh, everybody need it. So you got to look out for it. And water being a... Food, water, you know. air, and basic shelter. <laughs> that's what humans need to exist. Yeah. Everything else... We got them for, we got a shot. You know, yeah. we, we, we going we gonna to deliver. Without them, we're not. But we risking our shot when it remains at ninety eight percent, right? So that's that's a what you just said is a How? real so, conversation. So, so, so the question is in twenty twenty three, okay, twenty twenty two done, right? We're halfway through November. We passed the halfway mark. I mean, and we got you know the 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 merry month coming up in a couple of weeks. How in twenty twenty three are we in this predicament? How? It's unacceptable. It really is. You know, and 
I'm glad we had this discussion. And clearly, it drove, it drove, um, you know, it 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 it, it drove listenership. Because let me say, I got two phone, one, two, three on this phone, mm, and another three more on this phone. So you know, I got I got six, and I got two. Six, you know what I'm saying? I got six, and once again, for those who are listening to the show, um. One of the strengths of the, well, the strength of the show is the audience, and it's because they like to text. They don't like to call, and I, I appreciate that they trust us to keep the flow going, you know, and that, you know, instead of, you know, I'd, I, I'd love for them to call, but, you know, they trust us to keep it going, so they send the text messages, and I try my best to incorporate them uh, into the dialogue. So, uh, I want to thank you. I want to wish you well. Uh, Details again for tomorrow. So tomorrow, 64 West RT Park. Um, it is in the upstairs conference room, um, November 17th from 5 to 8. There will be presentations and there also will be desk after the presentations open for you to receive TA. This is for farmers. This is for um, policymakers. This is for aspirants. This is for people who are interested in getting out into ag. Go to Virgin Islands Good Food Coalition Facebook page. There should be a flyer. There's a link to register. And even if you don't register, just show up. Let's show. Let's get the information about what's available to us. Let's interact with these agencies. And if you have and it hasn't worked out, this is also a place where you could share feedback, right? Positive feedback. Um, and then, you know, St. Thomas, St. John, we'll keep you all in our thoughts to make sure that we bring something like this to you as well. Thank you so much for having me, Neville. I have missed you. And I have missed the listening uh, audience. Um, if you want, you could ask Andy Smith a question or two. Or if you got to run, I understand that. I got to run today. I, no. got, I, I got prep for the resource fair. No problem. But I, I want to come back and visit. Um, everybody have a great day out yeah, there. Man, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. We'll take a break. Be back with our number two, Andy Smith from the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority is joining us. See you right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or under... He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council.